Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Excuse me. Taxi. Come on, what are you doing? This is the 77 WABC minicast. Good morning. This is Mike Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. This morning I have probably one of the most active, well-respected real estate developers, consultants in the state of New Jersey, my friend Deb Tantliffe, who is the founding principal of Tantum Real Estate. As opposed to me reading what Tantum Real Estate is, I'm going to ask Deb to tell me about it. Well, first, Michael, it's always a treat to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are a multifamily and mixed-use developer and development advisory firm in New Jersey. So we work on a range of projects. Do you, Are you allowed to come over the bridges and the tunnels? To- We're allowed, but we try not to. We, we really specialize in Jersey. Jersey is a very high barrier to entry market, and uh, the process is very different. And so when I do step foot on the other side of the river, I really feel like I'm out of water. <laughs> Okay. Um, so we work on a range of, of projects in a variety of capacities. I would say 20 units to 300 acres and everything in between all throughout the state, primarily focused on ground-up redevelopment and mixed-use. Now, you are a certified women's business enterprise. What does that mean? It means that uh, I'm a wholly-owned business and I'm a woman, and uh, there are a lot of Benefits to being a certified um, business in that respect in terms of abilities to access financing and meet a lot of corporate and public diversity um, and equity you know, initiatives. And most of your work is residential development, correct? Yes, sometimes with a, a commercial component, but everything is anchored in housing. So let's talk a little bit about the developments that you've been involved with and what's happening in New Jersey now. Because always the big projects were in Jersey City, maybe even Hackensack and Hoboken, uh, what's happening today? So Jersey is seeing an influx of countless number of new construction multifamily projects, um, which was really spearheaded on the heels of our last round of affordable housing obligation. And so a lot of municipalities entered into settlement agreements to allow these projects to be built. For the layman, explain what that means. So uh, we are in dire housing shortage, hundreds of thousands of units short, and New Jersey municipalities each have a legal obligation to develop and, and, and serve their communities with a certain number of affordable housing inventory that is a deed-restricted product for people making you know, below an 80% average median income. And what's the average median income in New Jersey? In- it, 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 it changes. Is, it, it changes by market. So that that's also the challenge of doing these developments is everything is – um, underwritten based on the incomes for the for that region. And what do the developers get in exchange of providing the affordable housing? So there's, you know, there are standalone 100% affordable housing projects, um, and then there are inclusionary that are market rate with an, an included component similar to what you have in New York as an 80-20 um, project. Um, 
you don't get anything other than your approvals and the ability to do your job. Um, but as part of those approvals, you are frequently able to negotiate long-term financial agreements that benefit in the form of, of tax abatements and establish set rents, uh, set, set tax payments. Um, there are other financing incentives available uh, that allow you to, you know, have a little bit more of a sophisticated capital stack. Um, but it's really about helping the financial math of the deal make sense. What, what about the, con- the condominium world? How do you do that? There's, there are pockets of condominium development in New Jersey. There is plenty of um, horizontal townhome and single-family development. The condominium com- uh, products are a little more few and far between. Um, they also, any, for sale and rental, all come with an, affordable, an affordable housing obligation. Of building units yeah. on, on site? and Yeah, the trend has really been that they have to be included on site. Um, sometimes they are in the same building. Sometimes they are a separate building. Um, but the the process and the days of paying into a fund or developing them off site or rehabbing other stuff uh, or other inventory um, is less less preferred at this point. Okay. Before the show, we discussed uh, the transit oriented or near transit oriented development. Want to explain that? Sure. So, you know, when people think of transit oriented development, they think of trains. Uh, we have a lot of trains in New Jersey, but we have a lot more buses. Um, and we have some light rail. Um, in terms of transit-oriented development, it is a it is a key indicator for investment um, opportunity. It is a opportunity to create critical mass. There is a good component of those transit-oriented development projects that actually benefit from their proximity and their transit network to bring people into Manhattan. Um, but they are as much about intermodal opportunities and accessing Newark or Princeton or other corporate centers. Um, but it, in, in New Jersey, as a mostly suburban state, it is really about creating critical mass around that mass transit. With regard to that, you've been uh, a co- not a, a proponent or, I'd say, an advocate against parking requirements. Do you want to explain the parking requirements for residential? They're too high. That's the simplest explanation. Um, our, our state requirements require, on average... Um, just shy of two parking spaces per unit, regardless if it's a studio or a three bedroom, that kind of, that, that becomes the blend on your project. Um, there are different ratios for each unit type, but on the average. Um, and the reality of it is, is that we, we build too much parking because not everybody is, is buying those cars. They much prefer walkable, walkable communities and accessing their mass transit systems. And if we don't have to build that much, as much parking, we can use the footprint for more housing, and we can use those dollars to build more housing as opposed to contributing also, to our housing. Crisis. And you can also reduce the rent on on the property. Absolutely, we you know I'm I'm involved with the real estate center at Rutgers, and we issued a white paper, and it shows that on average, if you eliminate and reduce your parking requirements, you could bring your rents down you know four to five percent. I'd like to thank Deb Tantliff for being here, and I'll see you next week. Good to see you. Thank you for having me.